Hello, hello, and welcome back to Spiraling in Suburbia. I am very excited for today's episode, and I think most of us have probably seen the videos circulating on social media of the one and only Coachella. So this will be posted on Thursday, which means the first weekend of Coachella just happened and the second weekend is about to happen. So that's what inspired today. I wanted to just learn more about the festival. I think it's so impactful for the rest of the season to come and you know, huge artists, many influencers, there's just a lot to unravel here, but the main topics I want to go through are where it originated, what it meant to be, what it is now, what makes it special, and all of that, so let's just dive right in. One thing I've noticed this year, I feel like it's a topic that has also been circulating the internet, is how the aesthetic around it has changed, and I'll get into that a little bit later, but Really quickly, I feel like everyone's much more casual this year within reason, and I think the overall vibe just feels different in a good way because typically I'm like Coachella, you know, everyone goes, you can see the videos online, there's so many other festivals you can go to that can be a little more affordable. But this year was the first time in a while where I was like, I wish I went. I wish I was there. Granted, a lot of the videos on social media are kind of unraveling what it's like just to camp, which is pretty normal for your everyday spectator. Um, You know, with festivals, the camping element is very prominent. You bring your car, you bring some camping things, either a tent or a canopy, whatever it is, and then you also have the side that gets invited to, you know, the Revolve house where you have all-day parties. Sometimes they let you stay in their Airbnb or you have VIP stuff or you just get your own place and so many different ways to experience the festival, which I think is beautiful just to start with, but let's backtrack to when Coachella actually started. So the first ever Coachella was held in October of 1999 at the Empire Polo Field in Indio, California, which it still happens to be in Indio. Also, to preface, I will be saying Coachella many, many times in this. There's only so many ways to interchange the words Coachella, festival, music, and so on, so please bear with me. The two founders of the festival were Paul Tollett and Rick Van Santen, and they had the hopes of generating crowds of up to 70,000 fans, promoting a wide range of artists, and in particular, Van Santen had a vision that the highlight would be punk and alternative. Therefore, the first headliners consisted of talent from Beck, Rage Against the Machine, and Tool. So this first ever Coachella happened to be only a couple months after the horrendous 1999 Woodstock, and that could be a whole separate episode. If you want to know what happened, there is a documentary on Netflix, but basically it was just kind of a dumpster fire, not a good festival, so it's almost like this first Coachella had the upper hand in terms of the disastrous Woodstock, but the first ever Coachella was almost the last, not due to anything bad, but only from not being profitable and only selling 25,000 tickets, which I mentioned earlier, they wanted to generate crowds up to 70,000 people. So they really only sold a quarter of what they wanted to, and the festival ended up being canceled the next year in 2000, but quickly returned in 2001. 
So in 2001, it was only a one-day lineup featuring Weezer, The Roots, and Fatboy Slim, along with many other artists, but those were the big names. It seemed to do fine the years to follow, but it wasn't until 2004 that the festival event finally sold out all its tickets. Once again, there's not much to say about the years to follow, but in 2012, Coachella really took off in terms of profit, excitement, and success. 2012 was when the festival expanded to be two different weekends, and the buzz of this year was that Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg performed with a stunning hologram of Tupac. Fans were in awe and stunned regarding the creativity and technology that this spiraled into a mainstream topic. And... 2012 feels like such a vivid year in my mind. I think I was a freshman in high school or about to be or something and like social media was just kind of at its start during this time in terms of you're getting Instagram, you're learning about Twitter and all those things. So I think that this year went hand in hand with like with the fact that this performance became talked about so much and also it could be talked about on social media, I think these two things really just blew up the whole event in a good way. Expanding to a second weekend generated over $40 million in gross revenue, which was the start of its financial success with 2007 being Coachella's highest revenue year of over $100 million. And this article that I got this information from was released in 2019, so I have a feeling this year or last year beat that revenue, but I think last year or the year prior was when they had to keep rescheduling from COVID, so that probably played into that factor, but overall revenue of Coachella over $100 million. So before we get into present-day Coachella, let's quickly chat about what it used to be. When the festival was established, it was supposed to be an affordable choice for music lovers. Granted, money's value has changed over time, but the tickets used to only be $50, which included parking and also, oddly enough, a complimentary bottle of water. And I think that's just funny to like market with the ticket because you're kind of like, awesome, like I got a bottle of water. Maybe you could give me at least like a fun drink. I mean, not everyone there consumes alcohol, but just the water seems like kind of silly. But anyway, now the three-day ticket pass for one weekend is over $400, which luckily it includes the on-site parking, but if you want a more luxurious experience, you can expect to pay a minimum of $1,000 for a VIP package, and I think there's more VIP packages that can get more intense and more luxurious, but that's just kind of base level. Like I mentioned before, 2004 was the first year the festival completely sold out, but other success was to come. Like in 2019, Coachella sold out in less than an hour. Granted, the headliners were monumental, featuring performers like Childish Gambino, Ariana Grande, and Tame Impala. I think we all expect the lineup to be extremely impressive, as for one, Coachella is the start of the music festival season and prepares us for what's to come in a good way, and oftentimes headliners and some other bands and artists in the lineup also go on to be in other festivals throughout the summer. So I think, you know, it is kind of a coincidence, but at the same time, if you're a performer not on tour, then I think you have the availability to be in festivals throughout the season and I think it's kind of 
it's nice that if you can't make it to one festival, sometimes that artist might be at another one later on in the season. I think that what makes Coachella so special can also kind of be implemented in other big name festivals, but Coachella has a spark behind it that kind of paved the way for other music festivals. For one, technology has definitely changed how fans experience the show. There's actually an extremely well-known photo from 2004 of a member of the Flaming Lips in an inflatable bubble crowd surfing on top of the audience. And if you Google that, you'll be able to find it and you may not know it's from Coachella, but odds are you've seen it before. And the thing that stands out the most from this picture is the lack of phones in the air trying to capture the moment. Camera phones were not released until 2002, which was only two years before this photo was taken, but smartphones were not that popular until 2007 when the iPhone came out. Now we expect to see a wave of light coming from phones trying to capture the whole show, whereas this photo is just so beautiful because it's, you know, it's one of those experiences you feel like is out of a movie and... Also, it's just people living in the moment without their phones, which is just amazing. And I think there's a lot of controversy behind recording a show or taking pictures or having your phone out the whole time. And I mean, I love capturing the moment, but I... I'm trying not to do that because I just don't want to be that person where there's someone behind me being like, oh my god, they're recording the whole show. And granted, there's, you know, sadly enough, this isn't the best reasoning, but there's probably someone else recording it, so you don't need to do that as well. You can just go on TikTok later and experience it again, but I definitely understand the pros and cons to having your phone out. So, like I said, the phones have become a slight problem, but it has also made Coachella special in terms of sharing your experience and creating content for others to see, especially in the peak of content creators. Essentially, making the festival more interactive even if you aren't actually attending. This also goes hand in hand with the amount of photo opportunities at the festival, such as art exhibits, food trucks, and the Ferris wheel. Also, many Picture Perfect sponsored tents, so brands are all about this festival, and I'll get into that in one moment. But it goes to show the impact this has on social media users because in 2019, the first weekend was reported to have a media impact value of $116 million and over 400,000 posts on social media. And that was just for the first weekend, and I'm sure the number has gone up from there. The other thing that makes this event so special is I think it really paved the way for brands to showcase themselves, and I'm sure other festivals do this or maybe even did this before Coachella, but as a viewer myself, the amount of posts of new brands, events, and sponsors I see just from this festival goes to show the impact it has on the consumer, so with that, I kind of mean... If I'm thinking of other festivals like Ultra Music Festival or Lollapalooza, I'm not thinking about the brands and the events. I'm thinking about just the music, where I feel like Coachella has a lot of different opportunities and they're really showcasing other things besides just music. The festival's gone from barely any photos from the first year to now brands, celebrities, and artists using the festival as basically a marketing campaign. Overall, Coachella has become a household name and the stomping ground for influencers, music lovers, and celebrities, but the biggest difference this year is the effort everyone is putting in. The first weekend of the 2023 festival just ended, and my biggest takeaway was the fashion element. 
The festival really used to be for it girls to showcase their boho style with icons like Vanessa Hudgens leading the way, but this year, a lot of those who used to go above and beyond were pretty casual, and I think that's what the festival needed, to be honest. There's actually a video of Justin Bieber and Hailey Bieber watching, I don't know who it is, but watching a set, and I swear Hailey is literally wearing sweatpants, and even if she's not and she's just very casual and they look like sweatpants that's totally fine but if celebrities are dressing down the question is will other fans be dressing down as well and don't get me wrong obviously what i'm seeing is from social media and i'm not there to experience it so i only know the half of it and at the same time it does seem like almost like 50 50 are trying and the other 50 just don't care and I'm seeing other TikTok stars like Alex Earl go all out with glam and outfits that look amazing, but I love that some of the audience has toned it down and are just there for the music. There's so much to go into for Coachella, but I think those were the main points. Kind of to backtrack, the fashion element, the brands, where it originated, and it wasn't always a success from the start. I think that there was a time where maybe from like 2019 like 2017 to 2019 right before the pandemic that it became overrated in the sense that everyone was just being invited all the influencers were going to the brand houses and going to the events all day and like I said it kind of turned into a marketing campaign but it feels like this year you know maybe it's the algorithm I'm on on TikTok but it feels like this year it's really the music people are there for which is the whole element of the festival is the music and you know there are other festivals like Burning Man where it's like a whole city of people there for the art and the vibe and I don't even know the half of Burning Man I think it's a lot to go into but I think Coachella is a beautiful thing and you know this is the first year in many years I've actually wanted to go and I'm envious of all the videos I'm seeing. So what are your opinions on Coachella and are you planning to attend the second weekend or even go in the future? Like I said, Coachella is such a cool festival and I'd love to go one year, but I'm actually planning to go to Lollapalooza this year. Shout out to Mora if she's listening to this. We're probably going to go together and I'm over the moon so excited. I haven't been to a music festival in years. But maybe my next tangent will be on that festival. I'm not sure, but that is my rant about Coachella. I think that this is what the festival needed was this year to be toned down. And, you know, we're seeing sides of it that are so real and genuine. You're seeing videos on social media of people getting up at 5 or 6 a.m. just to shower before the lines get crazy. You're seeing real campsites. You're not just seeing the influencers in their beautiful houses all paid for and being invited. I think that's the beauty of it. You kind of get the gritty side, the realistic side. And I think that's it for today's episode. So thank you for spiraling with me today. Like I said, what's your opinion on Coachella and are you planning to ever go in the future? With that being said, I will talk to you all next week.